Are you ready to become the go-to in your industry without having to fake it till you make it? I'm Caroline Vanatta, and I teach creatives like you the key that unlocks radical confidence so you can be proudly known as a creative expert. We're going to have meaningful conversations here to highlight the mindset shifts it takes to become your industry's go-to and stop trading dollars for hours. Hey guys, welcome to episode 15. I am so excited to share with you guys today a story, something that's really going to bring to light for you who you need to be in order to book your dream client. So a lot of us think that it's about what we need to do to book our dream clients. We need a different strategy, something specific we have to do, but This story is really going to help you understand how there actually isn't just one way to do things and what comes most importantly is who you are being. I know that sounds super vague, but once you guys listen to this story, I think you're going to have a really deep understanding for what I'm talking about and I'm going to go through some actual action items for you to take after you listen to this podcast and really implement them in your business so that you can get the kind of momentum you want, you can really hit your goals, and just attract dream clients without having to spend all this time and mental energy or money on courses trying to get your strategy just right. So let's dive in. Okay, so this is what regularly hanging out with high schoolers at the age of 25 taught me about business. So let's rewind just a little bit, meaning like 15 years to when I was in high school and I started going to this thing called Young Life. And Young Life is a non-denominational ministry. Of course, when I was in high school, I had no idea what it was. I did not go to church. Um, I'm in Richmond, Virginia, which like isn't really the South. It's like the border, whatever. Um, So I really didn't have a lot of religious influence in my life. Anyways, so I was involved in this. My high school boyfriend was in it. And so I just ended up becoming a part of the group hanging out. And eventually I started hearing things that I had never heard before in my life. I learned about who Jesus really was, wasn't at all what I thought Jesus was about, what Christianity was about, what religion was about. Um, I was blown away. And so I started a relationship with Jesus. I loved Young Life. And then in college, I became a leader, a volunteer leader. And then I continued when I moved back here to Richmond, Virginia after college. And so I'm 25. I'm single. I have this awesome design job where I actually work from home and i didn't even have to put in 40 hours a week. At that time, I was putting in probably 20 hours a week, but um, getting more out there than my peers. So I just had a lot of time on my hands. And I also had a lot of this like ambitious energy. I don't know. I was 25. I was single. I loved my life. And I really wanted to be a part of this ministry, this volunteer ministry, because it had such an impact on my life. And so Actually, me and this guy, who happens to be my husband now, which is a totally different story, were um, put at a specific high school. Um, So it's kind of like your Young Life group is with the specific high school. And so I was put at a high school where there was no Young Life. So we were 
more or less in charge of starting it. And so what that meant for us since we were starting from scratch is that we were just there to build relationships, connect, be seen, and eventually start the events. But it's not like, I mean, we just knew that it wouldn't work if we just started, okay, we're having this event on Monday night. It's so fun. Join us. People aren't going to come. Um, and you're going to see so many parallels to starting a business. So if you haven't already picked on, up on this, how crazy is it? We don't just put our offers out there. <laughs> we nurture, we connect with our audience, um, and then we start doing stuff like that. And so that's really what we were doing with Young Life, starting it at this high school is what specifically we would do is show up at football games, show up at soccer games. And, you know, through connections around town, maybe we knew one or two high schoolers. I think it really started out with two. And so we meet their friends. But guys, we are 25-year-olds hanging out with high schoolers. So there's like a red flag up there. Like their guards are up. They're like, who are you? Are you a narc? Are you an older sister? Like why, why are you choosing to spend your Friday night here? Like they were confused, but luckily we had some relationships and the way we were building relationship relationships was we weren't coming there and saying, oh, hey, guys, yeah, I had such a great day at work today. My job's so cool. What are you doing? You know, it was all focused on them, focused on caring for them. And in Young Life, we called it this term of earning the right to be heard. And so phase one of that relationship was you know, showing that we cared about them, showing up consistently in their life to learn more about them, to, you know, relate to them on a way that they want to be related to, not that we wanted to relate to them. So, you know, it's just like when you start any relationship, if you're making it all about you, it's not going to thrive. But I, anytime that you are more interested in somebody else than they're interested in you, that relationship will start to build. I think, I forget where I've heard this, but um, they did a study with high schoolers and how the popular kids became popular. And it was always the kids that liked the most people that were the most popular. So this is kind of that same theory. We were showing up and being available and open and being interested in knowing other high school kids. So we really wanted to have an impact showing up on Friday nights, Wednesday afternoons, um, getting breakfast with a couple students in the morning, stuff like that. We really wanted to have an impact at the school. And at the end of the day, we believed that God would be able to use any student to make an impact, but we also really were attracted to the more popular kids, the kids who had, you know, healthy relationships with their peers because we knew that those kids could influence, that they, if they started coming to our events, they would invite their friends and their friends would follow. And so there was some strategy, but you see how it was so like open-ended, like, <laughs> There wasn't this book we were referencing. We weren't getting trainings on how to start a conversation with high schoolers, how to, you know, know what games to show up, how to pick the right high schoolers to hang out, how to ask them to hang out for the first time outside of events. Of course, like we could call 
other volunteer leaders. We were very good friends with other volunteer leaders. And so, you know, got their experience and stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, every situation is different. Schools culturally were different. So there weren't other schools like ours, of course. And so we really had to figure out so many things. But like I've said, what we had was we knew what worked for other people. And we knew what was possible for other people. So Young Life was very successful at the other schools. And we firsthand in our experience in being involved with Young Life as a high schooler, we saw how amazing this could be. And we were seeing, you know, the impact that our peers as volunteer leaders were having. And then we also just believed in ourselves and that God called us to this mission. And so this is what fueled us to keep going. We saw what other people were doing. We saw what was possible for other people and we believed in ourselves. And so I had been thinking a lot of the time, I just remember wanting so bad for this to work. I wanted things to click. Remember, I was only working like 20 hours a week. I had free time, so I was pretty invested in what was going on, the quote unquote health of young life at this high school. And so there was this person who trained all of the volunteer leaders. His name was Griff. And um, I actually knew him when I was in high school. I respected him so much, so deeply. He was so fun. The way he talked about doing ministry and God was so attractive to me. He was just easy to be around, all about having fun and didn't take anything too seriously. So um, there wasn't like this curriculum. He wasn't teaching us like this methodology. There weren't these cookie cutter methods. Um, like there might be with some other ministries. I don't know. I didn't grow up with in the church or any other ministry. So Young Life is all I know. But we did have this basic framework. And really, we did ministry how we saw Jesus do ministry in the Bible. How when Jesus came to earth, how he showed up, built relationships that weren't about him, how he loved others, and how he earned the right to be heard in relationships and then shared the gospel, who God really was. And so that's what we were doing is just simply showing up, building relationships that weren't about us, and earning the right to be heard. So it's just so interesting because that's so much how we run our businesses right now. And I think that there are like lessons I hope that you guys can take away from just seeing a little bit how my insight of how ministry worked, just like my experience and how we are also nurturing our audience. We are going up, showing up and being seen so that people will come to us so that we can bring them in in a relational gentle loving way that's not all about me 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 give me give me give me not at all but i really want to tell you guys more about griff <laughs> i would call him a lot i would meet him at his office i would get coffee with him i wanted advice i wanted to do things right in ministry i wanted to be able to quickly build momentum in our ministry and with our events. And so I was frustrated with where things were and I would ask him specific questions. So like, should we do an event like this? Should we do it on this day? How can I build more relationships? And he would always <laughs> circle back to the same things. And I started to notice this was a trend. And I started to notice when we had our like leadership meetings, how he would teach very little strategy, 
how he would always talk about everything coming back to Jesus. And this frustrated me so much because it just seemed like he just wanted me to draw closer to God and he wanted me to focus on my mission, my calling, what God is capable of, less of what I was capable of, and focus on that instead of me actually, I guess, executing a specific plan. Because to me, executing that specific plan would be me showing up for God, me loving God. But he was, you know, so focused. And this is what the Bible teaches us, that like Jesus loved me. Jesus was focused on me. And I really looked up to Griff, but it was so frustrating. I just wanted freaking answers on him, but it would always come back to my calling, what was possible with God and how much Griff and God believed in me and what we were doing at this high school. High school. So I would show up to a football game. I would stumble. Guys, this is what I struggled with so much. I would stumble through these conversations with high schoolers. Like, I would get so nervous and intimidated. Again, guys, they are 10 years younger than me. Um, I genuinely was cool. (laughs) I didn't feel that way back then, but I was. And these kids were cool too. But I can think about times also where I was super confident. I would set my ego aside. I was willing to put myself out there consistently. And I would really start to build relationships that matter. And you guys have might have heard me talk about this, but what I hope you're seeing here is that it actually was just about me being the kind of person I wanted to be, that God called me to be. And then times when I wasn't being that person, I wasn't confident, things would flop. I would stumble through conversations. And it doesn't mean that when I was really aligned and being that kind of person I wanted to be, that I didn't have awkward moments. I was just able to not let them get to me or slow me down and um, move past them and just keep going. So, of course, I'm not saying that stumbling and failing anywhere in your life and business is bad, but it's only if you are failing because of a lack of confidence. I really believe that if you are confident, failure will not stop you from moving forward. And if you're not confident and you keep failing, you're going to get tired take less action and just be a hot mess. So I want to talk more about this being and being confident that I mentioned because I really think that this is what Griff the whole time was leading me to. And I really think it's what Griff attracted so many people with and how God used young life to change so many lives in this area. I mean, it was wildly successful. (laughs) He impacted so many lives. And I really believe that God has created us this way, not to use these cookie cutter strategies, not to approach people with these methods, but more to us being in tune with God, ourselves in alignment with our mission and what we're doing to show up, to take action. And that, I mean, I truly believe that God handles the rest, but that we don't need these cookie cutter strategies, these methods, these blueprints to actually make an impact. And so I want to tell you this too, because I think you might be ignoring it. I know I did 
for so long and it's not your fault. (laughs) Society really has programmed us to believe this, that we have to have something before we do something and then we are someone. So we feel some way, a certain way of being. When I was in ministry, I believe that I had to have X amount of students at an event and then I would do things like have conversations with new kids and then I would be super confident, fulfilled, confident, just feeling amazing. Instead, this so this is the have, do, be model, but this really relates to business and a lot of us when we want to have 10,000 followers We think I'll then launch this kind of expert product and be visible every day. And then I will feel and be successful, fulfilled, in love with my business. I'll feel like an expert. I'll be an expert. But what if we switch these things around? Literally flip it to be, do, and then have. If we start becoming an expert, showing up as an expert in our business, Then we start launching our dream expert product, showing up daily. Then we will have 10,000 followers or $10,000 months or the success we want. So I want to be like Griff. You might find me annoying right now, but I want to tell you what I believe you need to hear, not just want to hear. I really value your time and I truly believe that people sharing cookie cutter strategies are doing you a huge disservice. They are slowing you down. They are distracting you like, whoa. And this was so true for me in ministry and it's still true for me sometimes in my business. When I become confident in my calling, I'm myself, I'm in tune with what's possible, then I do things that lead to this reality that I want. When I feel good, I do things that make more sales. I have a greater impact. I make more money. When we don't feel good, we are not focused on being in alignment or with our mission and our goals. We find ourselves procrastinating, half-assing stuff, working harder, not smarter, literally self-sabotaging because this is how our brain keeps us safe when we deeply are not experiencing what we are designed to experience in life, it does not make you want to do the things that make you uncomfortable. You won't show up online like you know you could, and you'll learn that once you become so much more aware, you start to overcome these tendencies, these self-sabotaging tendencies. It's so important, and I hope this has all really opened your eyes to how focusing inward on ourselves and using that to become the kind of person who can energetically, confidently, with ease, care for other people, love on our audience, let them be, let them feel known. That is what your dream client wants. They want to be known by you. And when we make our content, when we make our storytelling, when we make our Instagram stories, when we make them about us and shining the light just on us without a intention of connection or helping our audience believe in themselves, believe in what we have to offer, how we can give them a transformation, help them in their life or in their business. We have to 
do that inner work first. We have to be consciously aware of who we're becoming, not just walking around like a zombie, implementing all these strategies we heard on a podcast by this big name. No, we need to really step up as a leader, just like I had to in ministry. I had to step up as a leader and make decisions for what is best, not based on what was working for other people in their high school ministry. And just like you don't need to be looking at what your peers are doing and what's working for them. Yes, that feedback can be helpful and inspiring, but you have to step up as a leader and say, who do I need to become to make this impact? Who do I need to become to make this type of money? Who do I need to become to have this dream business I have in my head? Who does these dream collaborations? Who do I need to become? And make that your number one priority. Not figuring out all the strategies. I think just realizing this concept alone might stop you from buying a bunch of online courses you don't need right now. You are so capable of stepping up as the leader in your business and you are the person that is best equipped that is called to do that. I really hope this was helpful for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. This was a little bit more of a vulnerable episode because, um, you know, I'm just coming on here talking about my faith. This is something that is important to me, that's been so important to me. And um, if any of this was you related to it or you want to talk more about it, I would love to talk to you on Instagram, on DM. Caroline underscore Van underscore Nada. Um, Thanks guys so much for hanging out with me today and we will talk soon. Thank you for being a part of the creative expert movement. Share this episode with a friend or on social media so together we can empower creatives to charge more, work less, and fall back in love with their businesses. If you're ready to jump in and become a creative expert, I have a free training where you'll find out yes or no if you're ready to launch an expert product like a course, coaching, or in-person event. Go to becomeacreativeexpert.com and DM me on Instagram while you're watching so that together we can make a custom plan for you to become your industry's go-to leader. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Expert Podcast. I'll see you next week.